thank you for joining us on Becca's World. I'm your host, Blind Becca. Today, we're recording the next episode of The Blind View, and we have a few people joining us. How is everybody today? Okay. Doing okay as expected, I guess. Okay. Well, first, we're going to talk about Tim's keto diet. Tim, can you educate us on the keto diet and tell us how it's going? Uh, the keto diet is where you have a, a diet where you have very low carbs, anywhere from one to 50 carbs a day. It's depending on how your body reacts to it is where you determine how many carbs you're supposed to have. Zero sugars, and uh, it's a high fat, uh, like meat. You eat, eat, you eat bacon, you eat hamburgers, you eat everything that's high in fat. Bacon and, and uh, pork chops and chicken and all that, that's your protein. And you're allowed to have a certain amount of vegetables in the diet, such as Brussels sprouts, beans, green beans, no, no, no kidney beans, but beans, lettuce, uh, cabbage, and stuff like that. Anything that grows above the ground, you can have. Anything that grows in the ground, you can't have. Um, so what it does is the first one to three weeks when you're doing this diet, everybody always stores water in your body. For every one molecule of water you have in your body, you carry two to three molecules of uh, hydrogen or and what happens is for the first two or three weeks while you're on this diet you drink water no coke colas nothing with any sugar in it it draws that sugar out of your body so all you do for the first two weeks is pee 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 so the first week you'll lose about five to seven pounds of water out of your body and then after that if there's no more sugar in your muscles, it starts burning fat. So your body says, okay, I have no sugar anymore. So what then does, it burns the fat in your body. And so then you start losing the mass, the body weight itself. And uh, I've been on it for three weeks and I've already lost 18 pounds. And uh, basically what I do is I get up in the morning, I have three scrambled eggs with a little salami in it. And then you cook that in butter. Butter, you got to have real butter. No margarine. You can't margarine. is one of the worst things for your body to intake because it's only one molecule from being plastic. So stay away from margarine. You got to use pure butter. So you cook it in your butter with salt and pepper. You eat that. And then at lunch, I, had, I have a protein shake, which I just got done eating. And at supper time, tonight I'm having salmon and a salad. And I have cut my eating almost 20, uh, 75%. Yesterday I had one meal because my stomach, my body has gotten used to this. So I'm eating less. When I, the other night, night I had a filet mignon and a salad, I was stuffed. And everybody knows how small a filet mignon is. So how, has it affected your energy level or the, your uh, clarity of mind? I have, a, I have a clear mind, but some people say I don't. But uh, my activity level is my body's burning fat now so i seem to have more burst of energy because now i've switched to a different source and if i've got plenty of fat which i do or did it burns it and so my body is constantly burning and then to make the keto successful you should do what they call a semi-fast you don't eat for 16 hours and then for eight hours you eat and so right for our viewers benefit 
Can you share with them information about a book about the keto diet or a website about the keto diet that you found so that they can go and get all of the information? I get all my information off doctors uh, on the YouTube channel because I can't read books because I don't, can't read Braille. But all you have to do is type in keto doctors and they will tell you what you need to do. There's one that I follow. He has a live broadcast every Monday night and they answer all your questions about the ketogenic diet. And it is an amazing diet. And uh, you just have to stick to it. You can't break off from it. Uh, you can live off the keto for the rest of your life. And if you do, your skin looks better because carbs and sugar destroys your body. It actually does. And this is going to lower my A1C. It's going to lower my blood pressure. And it also, even though I'm even high fat, it will also lower my LDL cholesterol eventually after a year. So that's why I'm doing it to make myself healthier. And I want to lose another 40 pounds and I'm eventually I'm going to get there. Good for you, Tim. Would you recommend this diet for a pre-diabetic or somebody? Yes. Pre-diabetic. It is very important. If you're pre-diabetic, that's why I'm on it because my diet, my A1C was getting around six and a half. Mm. So this is very good for there. There's the doctor that I follow. He put people on this diet for 12 weeks. Their A1Cs were seven and a half and eight. And after 12 weeks, it dropped up five and a half. That means one of them got taken off their medication. So if you stick with it, you stick with no sugar, very little carbs. You need to check out your nutritional fact stuff on the back of every box. But you like I I eat pork rinds out of the yin yang, but it's zero carbs. I love pork rinds, but it's 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 legal. But you got to have no carbs, and it also will eventually lower your triglycerides in your body too, because you're not having the high starch like from potatoes. I haven't had a potato chip in four weeks. I haven't had any potatoes in four weeks, and everything's starting to feel better in my body. My pain in my body. I have arthritis in my left hand. I got a bad part of my neck my pain is not gone but it's getting less and less and less it's not bothering me as much because i've gotten rid of the carbs and the sugar out of my diet so i guess that says bye to lasagna for you well you, well if i can find a low carb pasta which is possible you can i've got almond flour and i can make pasta out of almond flour and what almond flour has zero. Do huh? whole wheat, what about whole wheat no, grain wheat, noodles? Wheat is no longer a healthy grain. They have transformed from GMOs. Wheat is no longer nutritious to the human body. Oh, it has been you. The, wheat is one of the worst things for you to eat. No bread. You can have bread, but you got to get the low carb bread, which is you can get it at Aldi. But wheat. Bread is one of the worst things for you to eat anymore. It is not as nutritious as it used to be. Mm -hmm. our, our, our scientists have changed the GMO. It is no nutritional value anymore. There's a lot of our vegetables that doesn't have the nutritional value anymore because we have, we have genetically changed it so we can make more of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a health nut. I'm not, a, I'm not into all that crap. But I can actually feel the difference in my body being on the ketogenic after just three, three and a half weeks. Well, that's and, uh, 
you just got to stick with it. Do I wish I could have me a nice deep dish stuffed crust pizza? Yes, I do. But the, I've got to change. If you don't change your life and you keep eating what you're eating, you will die early. No alcohol. You can't do any alcohol anymore. I, can, I would love to have a beer, but I can't have beer anymore. Beer will spike your sugar counts up so high and it will take almost and you'll have to start all over again. So uh, it's going to be an interesting holidays for me. No holiday dinners like I used to eat. But you know what? Eventually on the end of this, I'm going to be a healthier person. And the blind people need to realize most of us sit on our asses all the day long doing nothing. And your ass is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. You're going to be put on medication for high blood pressure. You're going to get put on everything for diabetes. And everything that you eat that goes into your body affects how your health is. And you've got to stop that cycle. Thank you so much, Tim, for voicing all of that because that is very true and very important. I hit my treadmill every single morning because I don't want to become obese from being blind and sitting around, and I try to go do stuff. Um, even during the quarantine, I was still trying to stay active and stay busy, even right here in my house. So I, I would love to see the statistics of how obese blind people are. I bet you it would be in high 70s, 80%. Because oh. they, they do nothing but sit there all day long on their phones or their computer and are sitting down being inactive. And that's one reason why I went and got a guide dog, because I have to walk my dog two, three miles a day. That you've got to get off your fat ass and start doing something or you're going to die at 60 years old with a heart attack, diabetes or something. And you, everybody, oh, woe is me. You did it to yourself. You're responsible for your body. Nobody else. And listen to me, you guys. I don't care how blind you are. I don't care if you have a second disability on top of your blindness. You can do worthwhile stuff in this world. Even if you don't want to take time to go get a paying job, because it is a lot of work as a blind person to go get a paying job, there's plenty of volunteer opportunities where you can go volunteer time and make this world a better place. So you have no excuse for sitting around on your butt getting fat just because you're blind or disabled in another way. That's that woe is me attitude. You've mm -hmm. got to get up and, and do something with your life. I mean, I, I'm starting to get ready. I'm working for leader dog now. That's the leader dog for the blind. I did an interview yesterday for them. So I'm doing something. I'm trying to help other people. And if you're sitting around doing nothing but watching Oprah all day long, eating bonbons and your ass is getting bigger and bigger, all you are is being a, I'm going to just say it, a slug. I, and I used to be that the drain person. on our society. I used to be that person. I am no longer that person, and I'm never going to go back to being that person. I threatened the other day my state senator of running against him in two years because of what's going on here in Georgia. And well, you I. I told him if he doesn't start doing something about what's going on in Georgia's voting, I'm going to run against him. And uh, I told him I have a guide dog. And how many of you think all the little women out there, oh, look at the cute little blind guy with the guide dog. I'll vote for him. And I will be a pain in his ass. I may not win, but I'm going to bring out stuff that he should have been doing a long time ago about these ballots that's going into Georgia illegally. So I told him. And so I'm getting up. I'm starting to be active in my community, and I am going to be active, and I'm going to be a thorn in that Democrat's ass, and I'm going to be a, th a thorn in that Republican's ass. 
Good for you, Tim. I'm pissed off right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so am I. Um, how do everybody, you everybody just needs to start changing their attitudes. You've got to start taking care of yourself. Quit being a victim. When you're a victim, you're controlled by others. And when you quit being a victim, you control yourself. And listen to me, just because if you're disabled and you live on money you get from the government each month, just because you're getting money from the government doesn't mean that you have to stay at home and just do nothing. Like I said, you can go out and volunteer your time. That is a worthy cause and you will help America. You'll help your community. You'll help yourself too, believe me. You'll have a better uh, attitude about yourself. Oh, yeah. You'll feel really good about yourself. Before I met my husband, I was volunteering at three different places, and it was wonderful. Um, but once I met my husband, I started having babies, and I became a stay-at-home mom for many years, and I didn't have time to go out and volunteer anymore. So. Well, that's understandable. Yeah, but it, it was so rewarding when I used to volunteer. And, you know, right now our country is really hurting, and – if people have time on their hands, why not go volunteer? There's plenty of places to volunteer. Go ask your, your pastor if he knows of any places that are available. Go to your local homeless shelter or your local senior citizen center or your food, local food bank. All these places accept volunteers. Now, if, if everybody would do something to help others, this world would be a better place. Yeah. And another thing you can do is you can teach your children to give of themselves by volunteering because you can demonstrate it for them. You can take them along so they can learn how to volunteer. I did that with my kids when they were with my older son a couple of times when he was really little. Not my younger son, but. Well, there's a lot of blind people who are just, they're, they're miserable because of their blindness. I'm, I've run into some of them and they just, they're just miserable and all they do is uh, ooze miserable, miserable lifestyle and attitudes because, oh, woe is me. Look at me. I'm, I'm blind. And uh, I, I just, I hate life. So I'm going to make, make other people feel how much I hate life. Maybe I'll spread that hate. And everybody needs to stop that attitude right now. We all need to snap out of this, this daze that we're in. Start realizing and looking and examining what's going on in the world and looking at the facts instead of listening to somebody else's facts. You need to find out the real facts because like I said, when you watch the news, you're actually listening to somebody else's opinion, what they want to tell you what's going on. You need to do the research yourself. You need to find out what's going on and don't listen to the media. I don't care who it is. If it's Fox News, don't listen. If it's and you need to find out what the truth is. The truth will set you free. And we all need to realize that. We all have been lied to for the past three to four years about Donald Trump, but we've it's been pounded in our heads how much of a racist he is 35 times. I don't know. 35 times I counted the other day. He denounced uh, white supremacy, but the media just kept on hounding him about it, hounding him on it. But 35 other times, it never mattered. He was not a racist. He is not a racist. You're just perceived to be a racist. I have been told that I'm a racist now because I voted for Donald J. Trump. I'm a racist. I'm a misogynist. And I hate homosexual, homosexuals. No, I don't. It, it, just because I voted for a person that you perceive to be wrong doesn't mean 
that I'm what you perceive me to be. Prove it. I can call anybody a racist. The, the thing is, you got to prove it. And nobody can prove anything about Donald Trump being a racist. They couldn't prove it. They just said it because they had no answer for anything that they could do about Donald Trump. They would just call him names. And I hate that crap. Well, there, it's like, I, I hate to repeat myself, and I've said this on multiple shows in the past, but it just feels like we've got these pre, pre-adolescent babies running our freaking government who have an agenda against the rest of the country because, because they, they're pissed off at us because we, we did better at them in school that day or something, you know? Well, it seems like it's this juvenile group of infidels. We live in an age where everybody gets a trophy, even if you finish last. Come on, we've got to have winners and we've got to have losers. And that makes you strive. That gives you the drive to be a winner. If you lose all the time, that means you need to be a better player the next time you play. Mm-hmm. And maybe one day you'll, you'll, over, you'll overcome that defeat and be a winner. You might win. All, mm-hmm. that, that's human. When we don't have a drive to be better, we're, we're lost. And right now yeah. we are in that situation in America. And and another thing, you'll never win if if you make it so nobody can win. You're correct. Yeah, we're all losers once nobody can win. You know, um, and a- and it takes away. I just know from my own experience that I I only got better because I fought to get better. You know, I I just chose to to ignore what I was being told. You know, and yes, it was a hard struggle, and yes, it was a lot of work, and yes, it was a hard fight, but it was worth it. And, and this is all part of life, you know, and it's all part of saving our country. And you'll find out your worst enemy is yourself. You have to fight yourself to become better. Because yeah. you tell yourself a lot of times, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. So you defeat yourself. And now you've got to stop that. Listen, though, a uh, lot of times. A lot of times, people telling you that, though, and, and so it gets, your, gets that, those words repeating in your head. So it is important to watch out for those things so you can correct that thought, that talk in your head. You tend to be your own worst critic sometimes. Yeah, but let me tell you guys something. I am my own worst critic, but I learned something. Even though I was my own worst critic, God was my biggest fan. So God is cheering you on when you are out there trying your hardest to, to live your life and find happiness and find success and find comfort in this world. God is cheering you on. God is on your side. You know that God so wants you to be, that. God wants you to be the individual that he created. Cause you are like a snowflake. You are the only person like you in the world. Mm-hmm. So all of us are special to God for different reasons. So when you don't reach your potential, you're, you, you just, you're just falling away to the side of this, oh, woe is me attitude, and you're, you're just wasting your life away. You're eating your life away. You're drinking your life away. You're smoking your life away. And when it's all said and done, what do you leave back as a, an example for others? If there's nothing there, there's, that's all we're judged on. What did you create? What did you leave behind that people will remember you by? Did you change anybody's life? If you can say no to all that, 
you are a waste of oxygen on this earth. We all need to make an impact in somebody's life somehow, some way. We need to be an example for others. That's, that's scriptural. We all need to be something for somebody. And I want to be something. I want to be an inspiration to somebody. I want to change somebody's life, whether I know about it or not. God knows it. And that's all what we need to strive for. Tim, can you, you want to tell me some of the stuff you and Glacier have been doing lately? Um, well, like I said yesterday, I did an interview with Leader Dog for the Blind, and uh, they, they absolutely wanted to know why I want the Leader Dog, because they were filming this for others so it can inspire other people to come in to, their, to their organization. And, uh, of course, me and Glacier walk our three miles a day. Uh, once this COVID-19 bull crap is gone, me and Glacier will start traveling all across the country trying to raise funds for Leader Dog and inspiring other people to go to, to Leader Dog to get either O&M training or to also get a dog. So, Tim, Tim, that sounds like a great idea, but I just heard the other day that Biden is planning on putting us under a 100-day lockdown. 100-day lockdown, and, and yeah. they've got uh, – they just hired um, – uh, forgot is Zeke Emanuel. And this is what came out this morning that he said yesterday, Zeke Emanuel, these, uh, these hundred million dollar, a hundred million doses of the virus that we've already prepaid for. He is talking about now letting the rest of the world have that. And we don't get nothing. He said that we need to fix the world before we fix ourselves. So we may have just blown $2 billion. So somebody else in another country can get the dose before we do. Ezekiel Emanuel is the guy that says when you're 75 years old, you shouldn't have any Medicare. You shouldn't have no, you're, you're basically worthless to society anymore. And you should just go off and die. He is now on the, 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 the uh, new ta- uh, task force that the bab- babbling idiot has just made. And a lot of the other people that the babbling idiot is against uh, freedom, they want to lock us down. One guy said 100 days. Fauci wants 100 days. And what do you think that's going to do to our economy? What do you think it's going to do to disabled people? Because when there's nobody working, there's no money coming in to, to be dispersed to the disabled people. And it's just going to, eventually, we're going to pay a price for this. We will be the first ones to pay the price for this babbling idiot being elected. Well, hey guys, I've got a quick minute. I wanted to share with you the great news that you can now get my first book, Because You're Blind, in hardcover, paperback, and on Audible. See the links below. This is the story of what it was like waking up blind at the age of 12, and then several years later being stripped of my constitutional rights by my parents. And it's the story of how I had to fight to get my constitutional rights back. It's a very powerful story and I encourage you to listen to it and the first 50 people who email me will get a free download of the audible version and all you have to do is go on and write a review on Amazon for me thank you very much and now back to the blind view so we all need to worry about what Joe Biden I call him the bambling idiot is going to do to our country the first thing he said he's going to do the first day is put us back into the Paris uh Accord Treaty, which will make our energy costs quadruple in America. 
because we have to meet standards that other countries don't have to. Everybody doesn't realize China in the past four years has built 300 coal burning plants in the past four years. They are the biggest polluter in the world and they are, don't have to be underneath this treaty. So when we cut back on our energy, energy here, that means job loss. And guess where those jobs are going to go? Over to China. India is the same thing. All the jobs are going to be shipped over to India. He's going to get rid of the Muslim ban from all these. We had not had one terrorist attack in the United States since Trump has been president. Why? Because he shut off all travel from these Muslim countries. And now the babbling idiot is going to bring that back in. And you wait. Just like Obama, those terrorist attacks we had in America by Muslims are going to come back here again. I can count on that like I can count on it's cloudy outside right now in my house. This country is going to be transformed into a socialist Marxist country. They, they over the weekend, Alexandria Acosta-Cortez says there needs to be a list of all the Trump supporters in America written up so we know who they are. We can affect their job futures where they can't get a job. We can say they can't get housing and they will blast us. And some of them are even talking about putting us, in, us in, into camps, the brainwashes. That's what they said this weekend. It is on the internet. It is on their YouTube channels. When a Democrat says it, believe it. That's what they want to do. Everybody needs to realize our country is changing in front of our eyes, and a lot of people don't see it, or do, nor do they want to accept it. But you can't—you don't have to accept it. One day you will, when the gun's at your head. They may come after me today. They may come after Rebecca today. They may come after you today. But if we don't do something about it, one day they're going to go after all of us, just like they did in Germany. What they are pro. What they are asking for us to then do with listing names is exactly what they did in Germany with the Jews. And what, ha what happened to the Jews in Germany? They were murdered. They were slaughtered. Just like they do in Rwanda. Just like they do in South Africa. They did exactly what Alexander Acosta-Cortez did. And now they're slaughtering their own citizens because they have a different opinion. And don't think that won't happen in the United States. Don't believe it. They are already saying it now because they feel like they've won. They feel like they're going to get Biden in, which they most likely will. And once they get that in there, they're going to come after us. And they've already stayed, say over the weekend, we're all racist. We all are bigots. We're all homophobes. We're this, we're that. We need to be eliminated. We need to be a sponge from society. All 71.6 million of us, they're coming after us. And guess what? I gave money to Donald Trump this weekend for his defense fund. Come and get me, baby. Me I, got too, something, I got something for you. You may take me out, but guess what? I'm going to take a couple of you out, too. You know, I've been getting texts from President Trump's campaign for several months, right? And I just yesterday finally was able to put some money in his defense fund. Well, I gave him some money this weekend, and I'm proud that I did. It may not win. He may not win, but hopefully it'll help. But I can guarantee you one thing. Donald Trump is not done if he loses this election. 
either he's going to rerun against in 2024 because te- I could tell you right now, there is such a difference in Joe Biden at 77 years old. He looks like an old grandpa. He can hardly walk anymore. Looks like he needs a walker. And Donald Trump is full of energy and he's so vibrant and he acts like he's young. He's going to be rerunning again or he's going to go out and eliminate Fox News with his own uh, news organization, which Fox News now is believing, believing subscribers. Nobody's watching Fox News anymore because they have turned, because they're scared of the liberal left that they're going to come after Fox News now. So now they're turning because they're, they're peeing in the corner, just like all the liberals are. Yeah, and I think I heard that some of my favorite anchors at Fox News are leaving Fox. Well, a bunch of people lately. Uh, hopefully, they do. Sean Hannity needs to leave. Uh, Tucker Carlson needs to leave, and Laura Ingram needs to leave. I think Tucker Carlson will be the one who race, replaces uh, Rush Limbaugh when it comes down to it eventually. Sean Hannity definitely is not someone I'll miss on Fox. Uh, Sean Hannity's good, but he's not. He's old. He's He's not the he's not the future. Tucker Carlson's the future of the Republican. I know. Party. I love Tucker. What Rush Limbaugh's what sixty eight years old now? Well, he's got he's got he's got terminal lung cancer, so he I give him about yeah. six seven months. But Tucker Tucker Carlson, what I like, he'll go after Republicans too. If he sees wrong with the Republicans, he goes after him too. He's he sees wrong. It doesn't matter who does it. He's gonna he's gonna point it out and he's gonna go after you. So that's what I like. Because the Republicans aren't always good either. And so when you see wrong on both sides, you go after them. I can respect somebody like that. I don't like somebody that drinks the Kool-Aid on one side. So have you but, guys read any good books lately? Um, I downloaded a book the other day. I'm trying to remember the title of it. Ugh. I've slept since then, so I can't remember. Um, Thunderdog. I'm reading a book about Thunderdog. It's a it's a a book about that dog that was up in the World Trade Center. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, that book by Michael Henson. Yes, it's or, a it's a very inspiring story. Yeah, I read I read I read that book. Yeah, it's a good book. Um, I recommend everybody uh, to read that, uh, whether you're blind or not. It's inspiring. It tells you about how these guide dogs are do an amazing job and how calming they are. If it weren't for Glacier, I probably already stroke out since Tuesday, but Glacier keeps me calmed down as much as possible. And um, she's made me more healthy of a person too, because she has to have the workout. She has to be worked every day. So it's a win-win for both of us. So but yeah, Jim, you need to- Jim, do you listen to NLS books? Did you listen to that? Um, no, I listen on Bard. Bard. Yeah, I do yeah that, that Michael Henson book has been available on Bard for several years. It's a good book. I should probably listen to it. I see what it's all about. Um, so my uh, book went live the day before the election, my second book. Oh, really? Yeah, it's called Changing My Perspective, and it's now you can now order it print on demand from Amazon and I'm working on getting the audible version done guys. Is my but name I'm in it? I'm so excited about this book. Tim, you'll have to read it and find out. Oh, all right. It's, it's probably, it's a probably available as a Kindle book. 
right now. Yeah, it is available on Kindle right now, and it's available on print on demand now as well. Um, but it'll be a few weeks before we get the Audible version done. Do you, up. Um, do you know how much the book costs to get? Um, I think. I think your first book was like five. Yeah, it was written, your first book wasn't that bad price, so it's yeah. price for somebody who's disabled yeah, can know, afford it. I, I think I think the price for the paperback of the second book is about the same as it was for the first book, and I think the ebook is about the same too. I just don't quote me, you know. I honestly haven't even found out how much of this, what percentage of the, any of the sales I'm getting because this is all just a passion of mine, you know. I think your Pat. first. I think your first book was like 140 something pages. And uh, I seem to remember paying four or five dollars for it when I when I got it a few years ago. You need to one day tell us how the process of it is to create a book and how you went to a publisher and all that good stuff. Okay, maybe so you listen, might inspire somebody. So listen, Kim. In in August, when I finished this manuscript, Changing My Perspective, I sent it to Gino and told him it had started uploading it, right? And the very next day, I sat down and started what I called book three. And that's the only name on the file is book three because I don't know what to call it yet. But in book three, I plan on talking about those things and many, many other things. But I actually started book four on election night. So now I'm writing two books simultaneously. I'm writing my third book and my fourth book simultaneously. Wow, you're just full of a bunch of words, aren't you? Oh, I've got a lot to say, Tim. <laughs> I yeah, wish I, I really, once, once I get changing my perspective up on Audible, I really encourage people to go check it out because I think it's really going to inspire a lot of people. I'll get the book as soon as I can get it, Becca. Well, Tim, I, I think you're really going to love it. I Like, the people that I've had read through it, they're really excited about it, too. I, I, did, I poured my heart and soul into my second book for several years. Um, it's been a labor of love. Um, well, I've got a question for, you know, I wish we had some more people on here, but we don't. What is your... Um, Thoughts about relationships with people who are sighted or relationships with other people who are blind? What are the pros and cons of each of them? Are you asking me specifically or Larry? Any of Well, Larry's got a successful relationship going on with a blind person, but he, he's also been with somebody who's probably had eyesight. So what's the pros and cons of either one of them? I've been with both. I've been married in, to both. My first wife was sighted. My present is blind. So, yeah. well. so Larry, which do you think is better and why? Uh, not better, but give us the differences between the two. Of uh, the difference. Uh, now, I have to add here that my first wife was and is dyslexic. Uh, so, uh, and she understood a little bit about the blind thing. Uh, maybe not as much as I would have liked, but she understood. But as far as having, there are aspects of both that are 
but it was certainly easier to get around when one owns one's own car mm -hmm. and uh, has, you know, can, can we can say, well, you know, we want to go someplace we can get in a car and go, which in a sense didn't always happen because not only was Margaret dyslexic, but she suffered from juvenile rheumatoid arthritis and there were days when she was really down. So she understood about disabilities and, and she still does as, as far as I can tell. I, I see her popping up on Facebook occasionally, but uh, there are aspects of, of it, as I said, you know, that were, that are easier to deal with or better of, but, so do you uh, find your marriage? Do you find your marriage to Susie because Susie's blind? Do you find different? My, my marriage to Susie, of uh, Susie and I started, and Tim 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 knows the story because Tim was right there from for pretty much from the beginning of Susie's and my uh, relationship. Of uh, Susie and I, just I don't know why we clicked and it had almost nothing to do with being blind. We just clicked of uh, now there are aspects, you know, we, we spend a lot of time laughing now at certain things because we'll, we'll uh, run into one another literally two or three times a day, you know, and it's, because we're both moving around the house and we can't always, you know, can't always know where the other one is. But, uh, and there are certain things like, uh, it's, it's annoying of not having access. We live away from family. My, my family is still up in North Carolina and, her, her only other living relative, uh, immediate family relative is in Jacksonville, which is about an hour and a half north of us. And so it, it, it's kind of, it kind of gets hard when there isn't so Larry, access to a pair of working eyeballs, as it were. So Larry, can I ask you a question? Mm -hmm. I know the answer because I'm a blind individual, but I'm going to play devil's advocate and act like I'm an ignorant. Right, excited. right. So since you and your wife are both blind, who does the cooking and the housekeeping and how in the world do you guys do that? Uh, because I'm here, I tend to do a lot of the cooking and housekeeping. And every couple of weeks we hire, we, we pay, uh, a friend of ours to come in and she cleans the house and we pay her uh, to, to do the fine cleaning. But for the most part, both of us, uh, both of us can cook. Uh, uh, I cook dinner Monday night. If I cook dinner, she cleans up afterwards. I did way too much laundry <laughs> this week, but, uh, you know, since but since we have our own washer and dryer, it does make it easier. Mm -hmm. So, do you guys have pets? Uh, not at the moment, but only because 
only because we don't want to pay a pet rent uh, for our apartment complex each month. We didn't mind paying. We, We were all ready and willing and able to pay the pet deposit and get a couple of cats because we wanted a or we wanted a couple of cats to replace the ones we had when we lived in Jacksonville uh, when we had a house but uh, now they changed ownership of our apartment complex and so now we have to pay so much a month for pet rent and so we just said no we'll wait and, you know we have another find another place that does a slightly easier thing on pets, you know, we can wait. You guys are in Florida, right, Larry? Yeah. How is your, like, how is the community where you're living? Does it seem like people are working and people are doing stuff or are people staying at home and pretty depressed? Uh, For the most part, I see people working. I mean, Susie's working. Daytona Beach is, Daytona Beach is, where a lot of the, a lot, there's a large, I won't say overly large, but there's a good size of blind and visually impaired population in Daytona Beach. And a lot of them, you know, a lot of them are, you know, what you'd expect, but there's a lot of them that are working and successful. Do you and Susie do any do you and Susie do anything with the rest of the blind community there then? Uh, we we do we we are members of our local of both our local ACB uh, chapters and our and our NFB chapters. Uh, we we do go uh, we go to the meetings. Uh, lately we've been, we've been doing things, uh, with our church that we just joined, uh, but, uh, what church did you join? It's a church over in Port Orange, which is a city next to Daytona beach. Uh, it's um, a non-denominational church, but it's nice. And there are people around our, around most of the people now that are getting out uh, that are around our age. So it's, uh, it's nice. And there's, uh, we're three or there is one other blind person in, in the church. Uh, that's a coworker of cities that she, uh, who, who, in you know, who, who told, told us to visit the church and, and go and go to, got us interested and she has a dog and uh, she's very nice and actually tonight we're supposed to go over and have one of three or four different Thanksgiving dinners <laughs> we're supposed to get this month so we'll be chowing down later tonight but no uh, no, no keto diet for you huh <laughs> uh, not yet I, I'm not brave enough yet, Tim. <laughs> I'll admit, I like eating too much. Well, I've had both. I've had both relationships myself, um, and I believe out of the two, I would rather be with somebody who has the same uh, disability as I do because they seem to understand things a little bit more, and uh, I believe that. I've got some sight left. 
And so when I was with this person, I was capable of taking care of her a little bit. And that made me feel like I was important. It's hard to describe when, when, when you're with somebody that's always doing something for you because you can't. But then when, when you're with somebody and you know your limits, but you're able to help somebody who can't see anything, it gives you a self, makes you feel good about yourself. And if you love that person, you're glad to do it. And uh, this person I was deeply in love with. So we, I, 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 uh, I really prefer being with somebody who has a disability like blindness with me uh, personally. I just, it just feels like we're equal. And like I said, I get to help her out. I cook. I do all the cooking. So that would be a plus for them. And uh wash clothes and all that stuff. I don't let anything limit myself to do, be able to do. So if you love somebody, you always want to try to take care of them as much as you can. And, and so that gave me the ability to do that. So that was nice. So yeah. For me, that's, I, I'm sorry. Um, I've had a few blind relationships and sighted relationships and, I try to honestly stay away from relationships with blind people anymore because it seems like I always wind up being the caregiver like you were describing. You know what I mean? But if you but I believe if you're a person who likes to do that, like uh, take them down the hallway. But, do but their, I'm talking on a bigger scale though. Like, I, like they, they move in my house and they, you know, cause I'm so, so kind hearted. Right. So I, I let them move in and I let them live off of me and stuff Encur what? the whole time, encouraging them to go do what I did, how I went and started doing stuff. Right. And meanwhile, they don't, they just continue to sit on their butts and take advantage of me. So I eventually have to push them out, you know? Well, there, there's a lot of people it's like that in the blind community. You just got to find mm -hmm. one. It's, it's self-reliant. Maybe they can't do everything that you do, but they need to do at least something during yeah. the week. They, the problem is and, so many of them aren't self-reliant at all. But you got to look for a standpoint of me being a man. Uh, mm -hmm. If I find a female who's blind and, and uh, you know, just it, it gives you a little good feeling that you know you're taking care of somebody because I'm old school. I'm old school. The man's supposed to take care of the, to, of the, the, of the lady. That's just nothing wrong with that. That just means you love that person. That's a way you show that you love that person. And it, 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 me, that gave me a special feeling in my heart. And made me feel good about myself. That person. Yeah. And go ahead. Speaking of doing stuff with people we love and stuff, um, you and I have both been on cruises before, yes. and I, for a long time, have felt that cruising is very is a lot of fun as a blind person. You know, and do you want to talk about that for a little bit about our own experiences cruising? Well, I've been on. I hate to say. I've been on 24 cruises. Okay. So I'm, I'm a veteran, should you say. Um, it, it can be difficult in some situations because you don't know where everything is. But my, my, my thing for somebody who's going to go on a cruise, if you go on a cruise, when the ship is filling up with people, you got like four or five hours there where there's not a whole lot of people on the ship. Go and map out the cruise, the, each deck. Know where your restaurant is. Know where this is. Know where that is. And you can do that while everybody's up there feeding their asses up there on the Lido deck. Explore the ship when there's less traffic. Um, 
there will be difficulties. I'm not going to let you. I've, I've heard of cruise lines sometimes refusing boarding of blind people because they were nervous that the blind people would get hurt while they're on the ship. Of course, they were sued and the blind people won the lawsuit. But uh, it, it's a lot of fun. You can well, and- experience stuff by the smells and the sounds a little bit better than everybody. Um, I would not let my blindness inhibit me going on a cruise. Yes. So cruise ships, as a blind person, cruise ships are very easy to navigate because the hallways are wide and they're usually carpeted. The stairs are wide and they all have really good handrails. Handrails. The elevators talk. So like when it'll tell you what floor you're getting off on. Yes. Braille and usually raised um, letters and numbers on the doors and the rest and the restaurants will give you a Braille uh, menu. Yeah. And they all, and some of them, uh, you know, they give out a, a, a news newsletter every day. You can get that in Braille. And a lot of them now are going to what they call like a Carnival Cruise Line. They've got the Carnival Hub. And they'll oh, have Carnival. the menu. And it, they got the Hub. And you can read the menu on there. That's going to be a voice, uh, be activated on your phone. Your voiceover will work. And so they love to have the disabled on there. They will... And listen, guys, when it comes to orientation around the ship, too, like from your room phone, there's a phone in all of the cabins. You just go to the phone, you pick it up, you dial zero, and it connects you with the ship's operator. And you say to them, oh, I want to go to the salon or I want to go to the workout center. And they tell you where it's located on the ship. They'll say, like, it's on deck 17 forward. You know, and so you go get go to the elevator, go up to deck 17, which I already told you guys, the elevators talk, they're easy to use. And you just keep your orientation because you have to know if you're where you're at on the ship, if you're forward or aft, if you're at starboard or port, you know, but those are words you learn. Like you can have them explained to you when you first get on the ship. And it's, that's one thing I really just loved about cruising is I always knew where I was going and how to get there totally independently. Because once you get close to those areas, like Tim's saying, you use your sense of hearing and your sense of smell to find those places. Trust me, I damn, can find now them. It I makes can... me, damn, now it makes me wish I hadn't had to cash in my chance to go on a cruise. I know oh, exactly yeah, where the pizzeria I is. Needed the mo- I needed the money more than, I need, than we needed the cruise. We needed the money. Yeah, well, that we'd already put that. But what, what you need to do is think of it being a challenge for the week. Just like if you go on a seven-day cruise, think of it as a challenge. By the end of that week, you know that ship just like a sighted person does. And you can do it. It might take you one or two days to figure out where this and, is and where that is. But once you got it, you got yeah. it. So And it's like, so when you go to an NFB meeting, it's the NFB the NFB convention, like the national convention, is always in a big hotel, right? Well, the cruise ship is essentially just like a big hotel. And so it's very similar to like learning your navigation around the convention center when you go to the NFB convention and stuff. That's been my experience anyway. Yeah, every t- the first couple of days of the convention is chaos, especially like, like, like it was oh, in Vegas last year. It was, a, to- it was a cluster, you know what. But and the way that they want it to work, typically, like the NFB normally, normally they do better at having stuff organized beforehand and having all of the preliminary information sent out to people. But what I'm saying is on a cruise ship, just with your basic blind skills that you just have learned over time, 
You can independently navigate around a cruise ship and not get lost and not fall down and get hurt if you've got your cane with you and stuff. And there's like side rails on all of the decks so you can walk out on the deck. I went on some wonderful moonlight walks on several cruises by myself and with, you know, different people on cruises. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And you just, you can't fall off the, off the rails. You can't fall off a cruise ship. Those rails are a good four, four and a half, five feet tall. So it's impossible unless you actually want to fall off. Unless, unless you crawl over the rail, you're not going to fall off the ship. Yeah, so, you have right. to be thrown off or, like, climb up on the rail. Yeah, you have to do something really stupid. So mm-hmm. there's nothing to worry about there. Uh, and if, like I said, if you find a crew member, you're lost, a crew member. Even even the passengers will be gladly to point out something to you if oh. you're looking for something. They're all, they're all on vacation. They're all laid back, and they will gladly show you or tell you, you know, go about another 40 feet on your right. There it is. They'll do that. And, Don't and when you go on when you go on a cruise, there's plenty of places on the cruise ship where there's music and and dancing and stuff, different nights of the cruise. Yeah. And there's just so many, there's like comedy shows and stuff like that on some cruises. 24-hour so, pizza, 24-hour oh, yeah. room service. That's why that's, I always make sure to walk a lot when I cruise because I eat so much. Well, that's the, that's the, uh, the only bad thing is you eat, you can't eat too much. But uh, but you can do that in moderation. Your 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 diet would go to hell. No, I've already determined if if I'm blessed to go on a, I'm going to be on this diet for the rest of my life. So uh, I just have to adjust where I'm at and how I'm going to do it. So we'll get, we'll get there somehow. But right now, I don't see going on a cruise right now. So I'm not really worried about it. Yeah, maybe right now we're just all trying to get through this COVID nineteen bullcrap. This I was hoax. supposed to, like I said, I was supposed to go to the Bahamas last year, and then needed. We ended up needing the money, and so it didn't happen. And as it turns out, uh, uh, that cruise was about three months after uh, Hurricane Dorian pretty much flattened that area. So. Well, like I said, don't let your don't let your blindness inhibit inhibit what you do in your life. Don't let it stop for you going to the NFP convention or, or the ACB convention. Travel. You once you get to the airport, they take care of you all the way through the whole process. The airlines do, and they'll take you all the way to your Uber Lyft ride or your or to the, whoever's picking you up. The airport picks you up, and then. Yeah, you might have to take a lift ride to a hotel, but once you get to that hotel, even the hotel people will take care of you and show you what you need to do. Don't let your blindness inhibit your life. Live life because it is a short time we're here on this earth. And if you inhibit what you do, one day I'm going to be sitting in my rocking chair thinking of all the places I've been all over in my life. Like 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 a, a Labor Day weekend. I went to Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. I've been to North Carolina, South Carolina, and in Florida, all this in the past three months. I'm not letting COVID-19 dictate what I do in my life. I'm not scared of it. So I'm not going to let this inhibit my life. I am making memories so I can go back to them one day when I'm too old to do stuff. Live your life. Live your life. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah, live your life. That's 
indeed a good message, and I definitely want our viewers to hear that. Because um, if us blind people find way, have done all we can to find ways to get out there and live life and make the world a better place, the rest of us, the rest of America can, you know? And you'll be surprised how many people out there would accept, say you were going out to do something at your local state park, they would be excited for somebody like a blind person out there. Try, I mean, if you can just hand out water to the volunteers because mm-hmm. of their, that's something. You're still volunteering. You're there to help. And they appreciate that stuff. Well, like, I used to volunteer at my food bank. Like, just like you learn your way around your house, your kitchen, the food, you're like, your, your local food bank has shelves. And they have, like, the vegetables on the same, sh- or the corn on the same shelf, and the peas on the same shelf. That's what I realized when I worked at the food bank. Yes, I was only volunteering, but I was stocking shelves, and I was breaking down donations. And I was, you know, answering the door and interacting with people when they came in, and I was doing lots of stuff. I was doing more stuff stuff that my volunteer coordinator asked me to do because I was trying to find as many skills as I could to learn and and practice while I was there you know and so I learned a lot of great skills and we all need to give we all need to give back to society because you know what the majority of the blind people are receiving a check from the government every year and those that money comes from somebody who's busting their ass right now as we speak they're giving to us so we need to give back something back to society. We need to have some self-worth and give back a little bit. A little bit goes a long way. When people see, hey, that blind person's giving back, that way they're not saying, oh, they're just a bunch of people that's sucking off the system. Get some self-motivation in you. Make yourself have some self-worth. Volunteer. If it's four hours a week, that's four hours a week that you just gave of your time giving back to help others. People are helping us. We need to return that back. So I'm going to give our viewers an idea of something they can do that even sighted people can't do. If you're blind and if you have really good Braille skills, you could take Braille books and go to your local public library and read to children to demonstrate for them, you know, how Braille is used, to demonstrate for them how blind people read. It'll do a lot to educate the children, the the um, local library staff, the public that comes into the library, it'll do so much to help you. You know, this is just what I've realized as a blind person. We have so many unique gifts and talents that most of the world doesn't have that we could be sharing with people, you know? Yeah. I actually have to work on my reading aloud. I haven't practiced that for years. So. <laughs> and, and, you know, when one day when we're all able to go to a retirement home, eventually one day we'll be able to do that. You can go there and read to the old people. You can, because yeah, they, have, they have no, those, yeah. those elderly haven't seen their family in almost a year now. It'll be a year come February in some places. And they are dying for companionship. And so when this is all finally after the after the Trump vaccines come out and we all get the, the vaccine, then we can get back our lives again. And then I would say go read to the home to the to the old folk home people and you know show them that there are people who care about you and give your it'll make you feel good about yourself also doing something for somebody else instead of somebody always doing something for you. Yeah. Yeah, the problem is uh, I don't have the room 
you know, and I'm not complaining. I'm just stating if I don't have the room to collect a lot of Braille books. I have an Orbit reader that doesn't work now. Oh, yeah. Well, like you could take your, once you get a refreshable Braille display that does work, you can take it there, you know, and do it or whatever. Yeah, I need, I need, a, I need a new refreshable Braille display, but unfortunately they cost money. I don't have right now. Mm -hmm. So you had an Orbit reader? I like the Orbit. I, I like the Orbit reader. What I would I'd like to have a, the Orbit reader 40, 40 cell one, but mm -hmm. you know, but but because it's just easier. It's easier to read a forty cell line than it is to read a twenty line, twenty mm -hmm. cell line. But I can do it. It's just my my both my orb. Uh, Susie bought two orbit readers and. They both sort of went out. They were like the first or first or second generation ones that were having problems, and now now they you know just don't work now. How long did you guys use them before they stopped working? Hmm? How long did you guys use them before they stopped working? Oh, uh, about a year, year and a half. Well, that's not a very good lifetime of. Wow. I mean, I used, I, I, uh, my, my, uh, my orb, my orbit reader went everywhere with me. And uh, in, in, in my backpack, it went everywhere with me. And lots of times I would use it simply, I would shut voiceover off and just use it to use it to paired with my phone and just mm -hmm. use it on the phone. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I didn't have a, uh, I couldn't keep it updated because I didn't have a Windows computer. You can't update. You can't update it on the Mac because it's a Windows-based uh, program, and oh. so you know the, the the laptop I have is a Mac. So that's. Larry, have you ever had a Voc Rehab counselor? Hmm. Have you ever had a Voc Rehab counselor? Vocational what? rehabilitation. A vocational rehabilitation counselor. Have you had one? Oh, I've had them. I've had them before. Yeah, I've had. I, I've I've had them. But, Do you went through the uh, rehab process? Yeah, I was in some last year, but uh, they. Uh, I stopped because I had some problems. I had some. I I uh, I had finished with the program, and then mm -hmm. I was going to volunteer, and then I had one hearing aid go out on me, and it took three months to get the part I needed because I didn't know how to do it. And now I've got now the other hearing aid has gone out on me, so I'm not really because I can only hear out of one side. I'm not really safe to travel, you know, in a <laughs> in a uh, traffic, you know, mobility situation. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's it's kind of hard right now, but. Uh, I can, uh, I, I know how to use the computers. It's just, uh, I have to have the promise of a job or something before DBS, uh, Division of Blind Services here in Florida, uh, would, would pay for it. And, uh, mm -hmm. and because I've really never had, and I admit this only because it goes back to what Tim is saying. Don't have, I admit this because I'm living proof that somebody who spent a lot of their life of uh, existing 
of don't do this, folks, uh, because the older you get, the harder it is to actually get working of and get a good resume for a working position because that's one of the things you really want is a good resume and I don't have one. So, you know, take my advice. Don't do this to yourselves. There's younger people that are out there saying uh, blindness, you can't do this. You can, you just have to choose to. I wish I had listened to my betters some 25, 30 years earlier. Thank you for sharing that, Larry. Hey, Larry. Mm -hmm. Have you ever thought about going somewhere and getting a, uh, a refresher on your uh, mobility training? Because things have changed so long, uh, so long ago. Now they're teaching different things, different uh, that did, My mobility training was being refreshed a year or so ago, Tim. Uh, right now it's, it's not practical hearing from one side. Uh, stop up your left side and close your eyes and you, you can't tell direction. And a lot of being having no sight, you, you, you rely on your ears for, for telling direction. And I cannot tell direction uh, right now. I can hear you. I, and most of the time I can hear when people are talking to me, but uh, as far as telling direction and being, you know, safe in a mobility situation, it's, it wouldn't be good. Did you know that leader dog does deaf and blind mobility training? I'm not, a, we're not I, always I, guaranteed your ears will be, you know, your, your equipment could go out one day and you could be stranded somewhere and they do that training for people who are also deaf. I'm not a guide dog person. I try. Well, no, this has nothing to do with, this doesn't have to do with anything with guide dog. They also do it for, for cane. It, they, they somehow, they teach you how to uh, get over that, what you're saying and to have the confidence that you can figure out. I don't know how they do it because I didn't get in depth with it, but they're the only one in the country that does deaf and blind mobility training. The other problem, and I'm not saying this is just, uh, this is what, because of the cochlear implant type things, uh, when, when I'm in a loud noise situation, uh, it, uh, it sort of, the sound equalizes and sound cuts out and uh, I can't hear things up close to me. Uh, I'm the same way. If you take me to a bar or anything and it's too loud in there, I shut down because all the noise is so super enhanced and I just cannot communicate with people because I, 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 I can't hear you because I'm hearing everything else in the room. And yeah, there's a lot of people exactly. don't understand that for the people who are going blind, just cause I'm, cause you're being loud. Does it mean I'm hearing everybody else too? So you need to be either talking towards me or don't be ever talk to me away when you're facing away from me, because I hear Johnny three aisles over at the grocery store telling mommy he wants candy. So mm -hmm. you've got to talk to me 
instead of away from me because I hear everybody else in the whole building. And yeah, you got so you you read lips with what uh, with little sights you have. You read lips, and it's it's just it's so confusing at these bars and sports arenas because you start getting like you're being enclosed in an area because of all the noise, and people don't seem to understand that. I know the sighted people don't. So I get what you're saying about noise. Yeah. Those cochlear implants, Rush Limbaugh also has those. Yeah, he has them. I loved Rush. I, I haven't tuned into any of his programming in a while. Well, he's I've not working been... this week because he's having treatment. So. How is he? Yeah. Um, this will be Rush Limbaugh's last election. And, uh, you, and you know Rush also has a YouTube channel, right? He has, and he has a podcasts too. Yeah, he has a podcast. Uh, I've been on the Rush Limbaugh three or four times. I've talked to Rush myself, so. Yeah, but he's got his YouTube channel. He's got podcasts as well as his radio. Limbaugh show. has Limbaugh had the same type of cochlear implant. He got his a couple of years after I got mine. Oh, really? Yeah, he got his. I got mine before he got his, and then in two thousand when he started going deaf. Uh, he started talking about it, and I was just like, "Oh yeah, I know what you mean." Because I've been, and he 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 would tell you, it's a different kind of hearing with a cochlear implant than it is with the uh, with the uh, with the regular ear. It's you get used to it, but it is very different. And in in crowd situations, they try to figure out. When you get napped, they try to figure out what your ultimate crowd, but still, it is very hard, as Tim says. It, it, it's very hard. Well, Even we when I'm working with both ears, it's very hard. We all, we all rely on our hearing a lot. Um, when I'm walking with Glacier, I can tell when I'm getting close to an object because I can hear the difference in the air pressure. I can hear the difference off the, the sound coming back towards me, just like everybody else can. But I can Oh, yeah. Kinda, it's called can, echo it's amazing how you can tell it's things. It's called echolocation. I used to be able to do that when I had good hearing when I was a little it's, kid. I could tell where a tree was. I could get around change, my grandfather's farm without just any, by the, any aid. Change, the change of the sound shows you there's something in the way or coming or you're approaching something and it you can kind of feel i can feel the pressure changing in my head for some reason it's odd and when i go walking in the dark with glacier it, i really feel it because i'm on high alert because i can't see squat except for the street signs street lights and Kim, i totally know what you're talking about when you say you feel it in your head and stuff yeah you can if you're walking slow enough you can feel it Mm -hmm. And it's amazing what, how God designed our bodies to adapt when one part of your senses is either gone or it's, it's really bad by smell, sound, taste, feelings. And there's, you just feel yeah, the change it, in the air. Yeah, there's a difference in uh, Becca, because I, I know exactly what Tim's talking about. Because as I said, when I was a little kid, I used to do that a lot. And there is a difference in the air and the way the the way sound bounces off and just not necessarily sound that you're making but sound in general bounces off a tree 
that can be five feet in front of you and it'll sound different. You move you away from that, that tree, the air can, sound is going to sound different. Because you move closer to that tree, it's going to sound different. You know what? When my ears are plugged, I'm, you know, I've noticed when my ears are plugged, I can't, it's like I'm blind, right? You know what I mean? Because right. I, I see with my ears more than my eyes anymore. And when, like, I have a pinched nerve in my back, too, so sometimes my arms go numb. And when my arms are numb, I'm blind, too, because I can't feel. You know what I mean? More yeah. so than my actual blindness causes me. It's really crazy. And I bet you guys experience the same stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's any, any slide of anything different throws your whole body off and it's it's unnerving it's amazing how we all can walk through the our house in the middle of the night like i can with no lights on and know exactly where the door jam is or where i need to turn and i ain't got to turn a line on because usually i'm walking around my house butt naked but oh i shouldn't have said that but uh it's uh, yeah, i do it all the time it's amazing what <laughs> you can do in your home and and, and you can do it outside the home, too, if you just pay attention. If you listen, you can hear the, the pitches of the noise when it's blo being blocked by an ob object. You can feel the breeze might be less here, and that means something's blocking it, so be aware. And so it's just you just got to pay attention. So it's just it's amazing what our bodies are capable of adjusting. I've been blind for over 30 years and there's still times when I'm like shocked at something I realize and usually it has to do with my other senses picking up on something, right? Yeah. It just blows my mind. Are you completely blind, Becca, or do you have any residual uh, resemblance of vision? Or does it so I was totally blind when I first woke up from my coma in 1989. Um, and today I have 20 over 400 vision in my right eye and just worry light perception in my left eye. Okay. So that's that was where, I, where I started where I am today. Now, okay. I was just curious. For many years, my parents forced me to live a light, my life without a cane or any form of blind skills training at all. And I fell down a lot back then. And because of that, I got really good at, at using my limited vision to pr protect myself kind of so like i can do a lot with just a little bit of light you know what i mean in fact right. usually too much i have more problems with too much light rather than too little light when it comes to seeing my environment i love arizona but it took me a long time to get used to the sunlight here the first few years i was here i was virtually blind because of the glare of the sun you know right but now it my my field of vision is larger now and so i guess it's it's not as overwhelming with all the sunlight yeah because i i know when i read your book and you come from missoula montana and i mentioned the sun off of the snow in the winter time can oh it's horrible you know i experienced that a lot when i was a kid because walking to school up on the high line um there was snow everywhere like and there was, at least in Missoula, the streets were plowed, right? But right. in Hingham, where I was growing up, the streets, when they were plowed, it just got packed down and became icy, right? Right. And, and it would push huge snow berms up on both sides of the road. So as a blind child, we didn't have a cane walking around on the streets that were slippery because they were padded down and then having to 
walk over and through snow berms to get around was just horrible. Well, I would imagine. And then in the spring, been, when it started to melt, then there's mud puddles that I would, I mean, I literally would slip and fall into a mud puddle on my way to school or on my way home from school and so I'd be drenched either at school or by the time I got home because I fell in a mud puddle. But like I said, I didn't have a cane, so there was really no way to avoid any of those sorts of things. I, I, I've been to Lake Tahoe in the middle of winter to go skiing and it's, it's like that in Lake Tahoe in the surrounding areas of Lake Tahoe. And it's, I would not, uh, I would, I would not want to live in heavy snow areas. I've heard of people falling into snow drifts. <laughs> they walk off the sidewalk and go into a, you know, six feet of snow and just have troubles getting out because of the blindness and stuff. So it's uh, stuff I don't want to do anymore. Well, snow mobility is really difficult, too. Like, when there's a few inches of snow, whether it's just freshly fallen snow and you're trying to navigate through it with your cane, let's say you're using an NFB cane and you're using the, you know, the touch technique where you touch on each side. Imagine doing that with snow drifts on the sidewalk as you're, that you're trying to walk across. Each time you set your tip down, it's buried in a snow drift, so as you're lifting it up, it's heavy. And then you flip it over to the opposite side of your your walking area, right, to see what's over there. And it lands in another snowbank and sinks to the bottom and gets covered with snow. You know what I mean? It was horrible. I hated yeah. snow mobility because I never really learned how to do it. I got a dog that takes care of that. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have to worry about that anymore. Eventually, I'll go back to leader dog and get a uh, retraining on my cane skills, which will probably be at three and four years. I'll go back there and and I can do that. No, it's all free still. It's just to get a refresher course. So that's probably what I'll do. But uh, yeah, uh, it's amazing how the went how the weather changes everything. I've never walked in the rain with my cane. So I know it's different. The noises are because the cars are spraying water everywhere. So you have to really pay attention when it's raining. It is different. It is different. I've done that more times than I care to remember. Yes. I just hang on. Weird when there's rain on the ground. I just hang on the glacier because she don't like rain. So we truck. We'll do about ten miles an hour because she wants to get out of the rain. So. Um, just give me a little red wagon and I'll just tie myself to her. She'll get me through it. So, Tim, how does the tenant feel about Glacier? Is she kind to Glacier? Yeah, she, everything's okay with that. Uh, um, Glacier came in in my life, part of the time in my life, I just put down a dog that was very special to me. And so uh, she's been more of a therapy dog, too, on top of it, because I was mourning very badly for Mandy, the one that I lost. And so uh, she's been a therapy dog for her also so everything's okay with that standpoint so uh um glacier's a multi-purpose dog and she's <laughs> taken the task very well well that's good i was afraid that you're no every, I, I, I could i couldn't go through this it was a struggle at first but when the the idea was 
shot around, but it eventually, uh, I said, either do this or you have to, you have to make a stand for yourself. And um, that's why I got problems with some parts of my family that doesn't accept Glacier because of, she leaves dog hair. When we go to my father's house, he can't stand dog hair. So he d told me that I can't bring my dog to his house. So there's is some controversy yet with Glacier, which is ridiculous. And so it's it's caused some it's caused some uh, bad feelings. I don't talk to my dad as often as I used to, mm -hmm. and um, just like the election, I've got a brother that I don't talk to anymore because he is a leftist big time, and uh, he makes fun of me and Republicans and all that stuff. So the, even the election has caused drip, uh, rifts in my family. So I've got a dog that's caused a rift, and now I've got politics that's caused a rift. Mm. So it's it's been a it's been a it's been a rough year and a half with Glacier. So, uh, but you love but Glacier in spite of it all, right? What was that? You love Glacier in spite of it all, right? Oh, Glacier's uh, Glacier's like a child of mine. I would not give up Glacier. It would take somebody putting a gun to my head and pulling the trigger for them to be able to take my dog. Um, uh, she's amazing. I've been around another guide dog before, and that dog was amazing. So that's why I decided to get one, because I saw what that guide dog did, did for somebody. And I spent a week with them and seeing what that dog did. I eventually decided to get me one, too. That's cool. Um, Larry, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Not that I can think of right now. What about you, Tim? Do you have anything else you'd like to talk about? Ooh. Weather's hot. It's 80 degrees outside. That's it's true. Here. <laughs> I yes, think it's going to snow here. They say, they say the hurricane's going to double back and go uh, double back and hit the uh, central, central Florida coming back across the from the Gulf, across the to peninsula. So. Today we're setting an all-time record. It's never been this warm in December. I mean, November in Georgia. It's almost 82 degrees today, and it's, oh, my, I'm running my air conditioner. Let me see what the temperature here is. So, I mean, the weather's been just crazy. And, of course, it's raining, degrees. too. So. Low, 81 degrees. Low. It's 81 degrees here. So, so it's, it's just been wild. It's but, freezing uh, here, you guys. I just want to tell all the viewers, if you decide to go get O&M training or if you want to go get a guide dog, uh, go to leaderdog, leaderdog.org. They got an application there you can fill out. Uh, it's totally free. Your flight, your training, your food, everything. They pay for it. And uh, it is a great organization. I cannot express how great this organization is. They're the only one of only two schools in the whole country that does both O&M training and O&M training for the deaf. And then does O&M training for guide dogs with the deaf and also just the blind. And like I said, they will take care of you. They will make you feel like a normal person again. And they saved my life. So, Tim, for clarification, they, they create dogs for deaf people? Yes, they have guide who dogs for deaf people also. Yes. Do they have dogs for people who have both disabilities together? Yes, both blind and deaf. As a guide dog, they... They, it, it, those dogs right there have to have a longer training. Mm -hmm. 
But those dogs right there, I saw one, and they are amazing what they do for the deaf and blind. Deaf wow. blind. Wow. Uh, it, it's, it is a – those dogs, it doesn't matter. If they're blind, blind and deaf, they are just amazing. And only maybe two out of every eight guide dogs come out of their – become guide dogs. Not majority of them just become – end up being pets because they don't have the skills. So it's it's a tough job. These dogs are very special. What kind of training they go through to do this job, and they choose to do it. They're not made to do it. They choose to do this because my dog loves to go out and walk and work me, and she just can't wait to go do it. She drives me nuts when I put my shoes on. She's ready to go. She's bugging me, poking me with her nose, and she's ready to go. She's wanting to work. That's so cool, Tim. So I, I would suggest. Just call them, do an application. If you got questions, they'll be glad to answer any question you got. But just, it's amazing. If you just need to get a, a, a refresher course on your O&M training, they'll do that. It's all free. So just, just do it. Okay, sounds good. Um, does anybody else have anything they'd like to add before I end the show? Somebody no, eat a pizza for me, good. please. Somebody eat a pizza for me, please. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say, Larry? I think that's a good note to end on right there. <laughs> okay. Somebody eat a pizza for Tim, please, and let me know that you ate a pizza. <sighs> yeah, everybody, go have a slice of pizza. I'm going to have a Tim. chicken sandwich that has bread. For, that's gonna, that has some bread. You can't, uh, I can't have good? the bread. I can have the chicken, but I can't have the bread. Okay. Oh, well, I have, I'll have the bread and the chicken. So uh, will that do yeah. No, nah, I'd rather have the pizza. <laughs> hey, anyway, I want to let our viewers know, if you guys have any topic suggestions that we're not already covering, please email them to us at info at bluebutterflyenterprises.com, and we will tackle them on the show. Um, if nobody else has anything else they'd like to add, then I'm going to end the show. Okay. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Blind View. Please like, share, and hit the subscribe button. Peace out. Thank you for watching Becca's World. Please like, share, and subscribe to my channel.